If you will this morning, turn with me to our text, which will be found in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it reads this way. <clears throat> there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Let us pray. O Lord, how great and how faithful thou art. I thank you, Lord, that you have preserved our freedom still and that you have preserved our health and that you have brought us all here this morning, Lord. I pray that you would give us hearts to love thee, and to desire Thee and Thy Word, that You would be pleased this morning to open up Thy Word, let the crumbs fall from Thy table, to feed us, to feed our souls, O Lord, that we may become fat upon Thee and Thy Word and Thy Gospel, that You would commune with us in our souls, that You would warm us this day with Thy presence and Thy light. O Lord, I, I pray as many things are going roughly or harshly in this world as i should say with war and the things in this country lord the unrest that we have and the unrest all over the world lord may you bring us to show that you are the one thing constant that you are the one who holds all in your hands and lord at this hour i pray that you would indeed comfort thy people for this i ask in jesus name amen it was the Lord who told his prophet Isaiah in chapter 40 to comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And later in the sermon, we'll look at some of the words that he had to say in Isaiah 40 that, that did bring comfort to his people. But I do believe that the text that the Lord has laid upon my heart this morning, it, it breaks down in three sections and all three of them are full of comfort full of comfort for the people of God. As, as Paul lays out for us some statements that, that are very needful for us to understand every day of our lives. And as the Holy Spirit is pleased this morning, I pray that he would bring those to us as we're going along and commune with us here. As I said, it's, it's, um, it is a blessing and a joy to be able to gather around the Word of God and and see and to understand what the Lord unfolds from His Word. It is a truly a blessing to know that we we have the gospel in front of us and that the Lord is pleased to teach us in that gospel. And I pray this morning that is the case. If you look with me in the first section of our text this morning, um, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to me. That's the first first part that Paul says here in this text. And and it's interesting that he were, uses the word temptation because the word temptation is used three different ways in the Word of God. One, it speaks of what trials are, and we've understood that in many of the lives of the saints that are, that are unfolded for us. As they were tempted, the Lord revealed to us how he ministered to them in their temptation. And and then it's also used in the context of testing, as it said, uh, the Lord God tempted Abraham. 
He tested him. He tested the faith that was given to him to show Abraham that's the true faith. This faith here is the true faith. and Our faith needs to be tested. It's very important that the Lord tries and, and shows us that that faith of his gift is far greater. It's perfect. And it is the, the victory that we need in this life. Not a faith of our own or not a faith of our understanding, but a faith in the soul and a faith in the heart and the mind that the Lord reveals to his people. A powerful living faith. And then, of course, is the last way that James writes about in his book, and that is where we are enticed to sin. And James lets us know that, that when this temptation comes, that we cannot lay the blame to God because we're enticed by our, only, our own lusts that lie within us. And I think that's the one that certainly we can identify with the most is that as we're tempted in this life, there's something in us that lays hold of that temptation and runs with that temptation and gives ear to that temptation. Um, it's very hard, and, and in fact it's impossible, uh, to say no to the tempter or to defend ourselves against the tempter in our own will, in our own strength. And the Lord, uh, Paul told us in Hebrews 4.15, something very important about our high priest and about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that he says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So the first point we have is that there's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. The God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, was tempted in all ways. As we know that in the Gospel where it shows that the Spirit led Jesus to be tempted of the devil up in, in, in the mount. And we know how those temptations came to him to, to turn... Um, turned the stones to bread and tempted with all the riches and tempted all these ways. And the Lord kept answering him with the word of God and kept answering him with the gospel. And he was strengthened by the gospel. And the Lord went through all of those temptations and he showed us the way, the way not to give it away, but of course the way of escape is himself. It's Christ himself. And he showed us that way. And, and as he was tempted, he had the answer to the enemy right in the enemy's face. And it was the word of God. And over and over that temptation came. But as our text just told us in Hebrews, what Paul said is that he was tempted without sin. That's the difference. When you and I are tempted or tested or tried, there's something in us, that sin nature, that wants to go along with that. And, that, and if you just understand that right at the beginning, you understand that we are defenseless in ourselves. We're defenseless in what we have with these hands and our mind to fight against this tempter, who's definitely stronger than we are. We're tempted right now. We're tempted to hunger. We're tempted to the things going on in the world, to our minds to wander and, and off the Word of God, or, or things maybe we're doing later in the day, or things we have in the week, or things going on in our businesses or in our livelihood, or or in our family. Our minds are always tempted to run off to those thoughts and to dwell upon those things and to not believe 
that the Lord is, is working all of those things for our good. Because there is a fallen part in us. There is that sin nature. So as we see how Christ was tempted and how the Lord answered those, we know that that strength is the strength we need. That power is the power we need to say, get, get thee hence, Satan, and that he will depart for that season. That's what we need. We need that power. And, and the first part of our, our text this morning tells us, though, that all of these temptations or trials or tests or whatever it is that the Lord designs is common to all of our brothers and sisters in this room. Now, it may be a little different in some way that, like um, for Brother Frankie on the farm, if his tractor goes down, you and I may not be tempted with a tractor going down, but we're, sta- we're still tempted with the unbelief to not believe that the Lord will provide a way right there, right then, provide the wisdom, provide the know-how, provide the means. So in whatever it is that we do, we all are tempted or tried in the same way. That, that, that's comforting to me. There's no way any of us can say to one another, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what, because the Bible tells us, the Word of God tells us, that that's not, that's not true. That the Lord went first in all of our temptations, in all of the temptations that we have. And so first the Lord went, but then he tells us that his people go through the same things. To me, that's comforting. You know how, how when we have something that comes up in our life, we do like to hear that others have been brought through it. We like to hear when they say, yes, that happened to me and the Lord provided me this way. The, the Lord provided this healing. The Lord showed me this. And we, we're comforted by those ways. And that's where it comes from, this text. That's meant for comfort that Paul said this to the, to the church there. That we, that we have a, a brethren, we have those that, that have been through those things too. But first and foremost, we have a Lord who went before us. So, our text also tells us that these temptations take us. You see that? There's no temptation taken you. That means lays hold upon you. That's what that temptation does. That's what that's what that's what uh, Paul's telling us that all of us are tempted or tried in relation to sin. And that's why the Lord taught us in his prayer to pray lead us not into temptation because these temptations are all around. We don't want we don't desire. Nobody's running around saying, "Oh, I want to be tried. I want to be tempted. I want to be if that was true, we know that's sin because the Lord taught us to pray not to be led into that. So it is trying to us. But we have a faithful Lord that our passage tells us today. Let's turn over to 1 Peter real quick. I want you to show you something that Peter said that the Lord revealed to him right at the beginning. Of his letter, I was going to start at verse five, but I think we'll start. We'll just back up to three to get the tenor of what he's saying. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again into a living or a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's our hope. That's the hope of our life. That's the power of our life. That Christ is risen. That Christ is alive. 
to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away, that's reserved in heaven for you. Our inheritance in Christ is eternal. As He's pleased to bless us with parts of that inheritance here, we have an eternal glory in Christ that we will have someday. But look at this. He says, but who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And we need those revelations over and over and over again. Because he, now he tells us why we need it. He says, wherein you greatly rejoice. You rejoice in that salvation. You rejoice that the Lord continues to reveal Himself to you. Though now for a season, if need be, that need is needful. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold, various, lots of temptations. So Peter, the Lord revealed to him that in this life, and Peter knew it, we know Peter's life. We know how he was tempted not to believe. We know how he was tempted with zeal to tell the Lord, there's no way I could ever not follow you. I'll follow you everywhere you go. But we know that wasn't the case, don't we? But he tells us here, if need be. That's very important to us. Because it shows us that we as the sheep need something in our life. We need something to correct us and to show us the way in Christ. That's in times of prosperity and that's in times of trial and temptations. Because in times of prosperity, we, we have that same mind. That mind gets puffed up. That heart gets puffed up. That pride gets puffed up. And we think we have it all figured out. We'll see that later when we go to that favored passage of ours where the Lord um, gave Paul that thorn in the flesh. There was a reason for that. There was a reason that God designed that for his soul. Just as Peter says here, we, 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 regret, well, I mean, we rejoice so much that the Lord has done this work, that he has sealed us in that, to that day, and that day that he... He will come in that day that He comes in our soul, which is more than that one day. But we have an eternal glory. We have an eternal inheritance waiting upon us. And the Lord continues to show us that here on this earth. Because of these temptations. Because of the trials. Because of the, the things that come our way. That the Lord has designed. And don't ever forget that. That's, that's one thing the book of Job tells us that's so comforting for us. Is that that enemy is like a dog on a leash. It's a dog on a chain. That enemy cannot do anything without permission from our Heavenly Father. That, that to me is so comforting to me that he has that enemy right under his thumb and right under his foot. An enemy that's far more powerful than we are. But there's something in us, there's someone in us that's far greater than him. The stronger man. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. Well, it is needful. The trials and the temptations and the, and the things of this life that are so hard and tedious and, and hurtful, we think, to us, are designed to bring us to the foot, to the feet of Christ. Bring us to the, the throne of grace, where we're crying out for the Lord to minister grace to our souls, to minister the comfort of in the Word of God to our souls. That's what we comfort the people of God with. God is faithful. God has designed that all of these trials 
and all of these things are not um, designed for our destruction but there's a need a need to rid us of all the pollution that we pick up in this life of all the thoughts and things that we get that we think we know the way we think we we have it figured out and as i said days of prosperity are the same i know many many stumble including myself as as we you read the Word of God, and as Paul said, I had many revelations, but the Lord sent that thorn in the flesh, Satan, to buffet him. And it caused Paul to, to cry out to the Lord over and over, deliver me from this, deliver me from this. And so we see that design that the Lord has, has designed for us to keep us close to him, cleaving to his side. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found. That's what this, this temptation, this trial, it's, it's tried with fire. It, it, sometimes they're so powerful to us and they weigh on us physically where we can't even get out of bed or we can't hardly even move, we're paralyzed. Maybe it's with fear. Maybe it's with, with those things. And we that's and when they come, we, it causes us to cry out to the Lord. The Lord calls His sheep to cry out to Him. And when they do, He's ready help. He's there to deliver them. He's there to hear their cry. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That appearing of Christ is the escape that he's talking about in our passage today. It's the answer to these trials that are are designed for us. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Paul said in Hebrews 2, 17 and 18, he said, Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him, the Lord, was an advantage to him to be made like unto his brethren. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. And he did. We know that. He is able to succor them that are tempted. He is able to lift them up. He is able to support them. He is able to empower them. He is able to comfort them because He went first. It's very hard in this life, and you know it. You know it's very hard when you're going through something and someone comes up to you and they start telling you everything's going to be alright. But they don't have any base for that. It's just... Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Be happy. Even if they say, oh, God will deliver you, or God's faithful, whatever. When you don't hear, or you don't understand, or you don't have that common bond with that person, that the Lord has delivered them in it too. That's, that's my faithful Lord. When they speak those words, the Lord has shown me this. and that When He brought me through this way, this is what He revealed to me. I pray that's how we talk to one another and can minister to one another instead of all the... Lord knows we pick up enough of earthly wisdom in this life. Books are full of it. TV's full of it. Internet's full of it. 
of the things that we 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 want to know about how to do things in this life or how to get ahead in this life or how to live more prosperously in this life. But the child of God who has experienced the Lord in his soul, there's just something to that to me. At least there is to me. When I hear the brethren tell me this is how the Lord delivered me or this is what the Lord said to me and that it means more to me ever than some doctor or some worldly person with knowledge telling me, yeah, it'll be okay, just take this, you'll feel better. But most importantly, I need to hear the shepherd's voice. Sometimes I hear the shepherd's voice through the brethren. Sometimes I hear it through the word. Sometimes I just hear it in prayer, communing. The Lord is faithful. That brings us into our second point, because after we went through the first point, which was, there is no temptation taking you, but that which is common to man. Like I said, there's a lot of comfort in that. But then the next part, but God is faithful. So yes, the trials will come. Yes, the temptations come, but God is faithful. Just stop right there. But God is faithful. It's, it's the alternative. It's the antidote. It's the remedy. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. So that's the next part. So that temptation, that, that tells us right there, it is designed. There's a beginning in it. There's an end in it. And there's everything in between. He's designed every bit of it. Did you get that? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. That means he has power over the whole thing. He has power over the duration. He has power over the intensity. He has power over every bit of it. And it's in his hands, his sovereign hands. That reveals to me how faithful my Lord is. How faithful he is to himself. And, and, I, and so I have three passages to share with you this morning that, that it came to my mind. The Lord brought to me, when I think of faithfulness, I think of these three. I'm sure there's a lot more, and I'm sure there's some you're probably thinking of. The first one I think of is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, where it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. His compassion for my soul, for my body, for my being, they never fail. He's never not compassionate. I think of that at times when I compare it with my own compassion. I have compassion for my wife. I do. I have compassion for my family. I have compassion for everyone in this room. But at the same time, there are times in my flesh and times in my weariness where my compassions fail. I'm not as compassionate as I should be. There's times my wife says that to me. You know you'd have made a lot more inroad if you'd have said it this way. If you would have treated me this way, I would have accepted it. She's right. So my compassions fail. But the Lord's compassions, they never fail. And then the other part to that is, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Every day. Every day the Lord's mercies are new for us. Every day His grace is sufficient for us. Every day. I, I'm reminded so much of... I always think, when I think of every day, I think of the Lord and His raining the manna down from heaven. And He told His children, just gather enough for every day. Every day, that's enough. 
He has designed every day the grace that supports us in that day. And it's enough to get us through that day. His mercies are enough to reveal in that day and enough that we never have need of more. But we don't believe it, do we? We always believe that, well, well, this day's coming. We've got a calendar day circled on it. I'm going to need a lot more grace that day. Well, the Lord's already designed the amount of grace you need that day. He's sovereign over that. He's sovereign. That's how much His compassion and love for us never fails. They're new every morning. His mercies are new. Great is thy faithfulness. The next one, of course, is 1 John 1, 9. Because I am a sinner. And because I do sin constantly. I sin in my thoughts. I sin in my actions. I sin in my, my deeds. There are times I think somebody will say something to me, well, Sean, that was very nice of you. Or that was very noble thought that you just had. And I think right then the Lord quickens to me, Really, what was my motive? What was my my reason for doing what I did? But this verse is, shows me once again, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that's the gift of repentance, which Romans tells us is a gift of God. The Lord gives us repentance. And as that's worked out in this, when we do confess those sins, when we, when we have that throne of grace, we say, Lord, I have sinned. Lord, I... My thoughts are not where they should be. Listen to this. He is faithful. And He is just. He is faithful and just. That means perfect in His understanding. That means always justice is on His mind. What is right and what is well-pleasing to the Father. Always. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And not only just to forgive us our sins but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's to cleanse us, our mind and our conscience, from those sins. To show us that we're bathed in the blood, that the blood is powerful and effectual, and it washes our sins away. So yes, as we do sin, the Lord comes to us. We have an advocate. That's what He says in 1 John 2. As you sin, we have an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that advocate is faithful to bring that gift over and over of repentance and reveal to us the cross and show what He did on the cross and show that His blood flowed and that it flowed for that sin and the sins that we've already committed and the sins that we will commit. How much of a greater gift is that? Great is His faithfulness. That's what He said. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then the third text that comes to my mind and the Lord brought to me was 2 Timothy 2.13. If we believe not. Well, that's not hard. That's not hard to to not believe. We, We don't believe half the time. More than half the time we're on the face of this earth. As soon as we see a headline where we have something going on in the world and we take it into our own life, it worries us and we have fear. And we don't trust the Lord. When those things happen in our jobs or on on the farm or in the supermarket, let's say we're running up there to get what we always get and they're they're empty and they're out of things, the first thing we do is we worry and we fret. Where am I going to get that? I come to my job, there's things I have to do every day if something breaks down or I do something wrong or something is not there and it doesn't work out the way. I had that happen to me 
this week. I thought I misplaced $200,000. Lord was faithful to show me where it was. <laughs> I was very thankful. But when that happened, when it was brought to my attention, the first thing was, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? But the Lord was faithful. And and took my mind to, like I said, always unbelief. And that's what it said. If, if we believe not, even when we don't believe, yet He abides faithful. His faithfulness is not determined based on if I believe or not. That's a comforting thing to me. I don't know if it is to you. He is faithful all the time. Even when I'm full of unbelief. If we believe not, yet He abides faithful, He cannot deny Himself. You know what that means, dear ones? If we, by union, are in Christ Jesus, we can never be denied we can never be denied help. We can never be denied what we have need of because we are in Christ and He cannot deny Himself. Is that not comforting? Yes, God is faithful. He will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able and that we can bear in Him. That's how he's faithful. Now, I told you we were going to go to First John. I'm, I'm sorry, Isaiah 40. Let's go to Isaiah 40. We're just going to pick up in 21. Because I, I told you how this started. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. And then Isaiah, the Lord lays upon him the things to say to the people that are comforting to them. And I just want to pick up in 21 here. He's got some questions for us. This morning, and may the Holy Spirit bring those to our soul. Have you not have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? I feel like that's the Lord instructing me right now. Have you not heard of me? <laughs> have you not known that that my arm is not waxed short? Have you has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He. I could stay right there and just stop and that could be enough and sufficient for us. Have you not heard in all of our trials and all of our temptations, have you not known that it's He? It's He that will bring you through it. It is He that has designed it. It is He that has done it for your good of your soul. It is, de it is He that has done it to design communion with you. It is He that sits upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Do you believe that this morning? As there's rumors of wars all over this world, do you believe it when you hear those rumors that the Lord holds every king's hand, heart in His hand and He's governed everything in this world and that they're all vanity to Him? All of the thoughts and the the ideas of how men will take over the world is vanity to him. It's nothing to him. He makes the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither. 
We look at all this artillery. We think of all these weapons that are designed to kill us. And we hear that the Lord will blow on them. That's it. He'll blow on them and they'll be brought to nothing. To naught. That's how powerful and faithful our Lord is. To whom then will you liken me, the Lord says. To whom do you liken me? Or shall I be equal to or equal with, saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who has created these things that bringeth out their hosts by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of His might, for that He is strong in power. Not one faileth. Not one decree fails. Not one plan or idea or power of God will ever fail at man's hands. Not one. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord? Why do we say that? Lord, are you not hearing us as Martha did? Lord, are you not, are you not worried? Are you not uh, compassionate toward me now that Mar- Martha, Mary's not helping me? And I'm cumbered with all these things. Do you not care? The Lord revealed to her, Mary has chosen that one thing equal. What is that one thing needful for you and I today? It's this Lord, this faithful Lord. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not, neither is weary? You believe that? He faints not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of His understanding. It's way too high for us. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increases strength. You understand what that's saying? Oh, prideful man. He gives might to those He empties. That brings them to the end of themselves. Where they are crying out to Him. That's who He gives strength to. Don't shake your finger in the face of God and say, Lord, why are you doing this? You'll be without strength. You'll be left to your own strength. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. The very vigor of our societies, the very strength of what man is. He says, you'll fall. You're no strength for me. You're no, you're no match for my power. But they, but they that wait, you know, patience is a fruit of the Spirit, right? They that wait upon the Lord, they that are given His patience, shall renew their strength. It's in their Lord. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. That's the faithfulness of our Lord. I love that, I love that imagery there. They shall mount up with wings as eagles as we fly above the trial, as we're taken above the temptation. We say, Lord, there is a way out. And the Lord says, yes, it's me. It's me. 
as we look to all of these devices and we look to all the, the what we call helps in this life. And listen, I, I use them just like you do. I'm, I'm thankful for them. But if Christ isn't in them, they're worthless. Absolutely worthless. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not be afraid. Yes, He's faithful in all things. He bears us up in Him. And He made David sing these words in a Psalm 89, 1 and 2. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known Thy faithfulness to all generations. I think of that mind there of David's that the Lord gave him and humbled him through his life and showed him that I will sing of the Lord's faithfulness. And then I think of one like Nebuchadnezzar who walked out and looked at all of his riches and looked at all the advancements of his kingdom and he looked and he said, look what I've done. There's a difference, isn't there? When the Lord humbles you and makes you dependent upon Him for all things, for all things, all the small things, dear ones, young ones, the small things, the relationships, the the fears and insecurities that we have. He's designed them, but the, the great news this morning is He's made a way out of them. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. And then we come to our last part. But will, he will, with the temptation. So the temptation's not designed of its own. With the temptation also make a way to escape. So every trial, every temptation, and every test has a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. More comfort that we will bear it. We will bear it up in Him. We will bear it on His wings. We will bear it upon His strength. And He says in every temptation, He will make a way to escape. That way is the way that you know that Thomas said, Lord, how will we know the way? And the Lord said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man can cry out to the Father to to have relief in the trial without coming through Christ. Because He is the healer, Jehovah Rophi. He is the one who sustains us. He is the righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord, our banner. He is the Lord of everything to us. Now we turn over to 2 Corinthians where Paul at the end of 12 we'll just pick up at the end so we can walk through this beautifully. I think this is beautifully shown today in our passage that God has made a way of escaping. And and he brought Paul right to call out to him. Look at verse 7. And this is after the Lord after Paul had told us that this happened to him as he was caught up into the This was a time of prosperity. A time he was taken up to the heaven of heavens in his mind and thoughts and revelations. And lest I should be, verse 7, be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given as a gift, if you will, given to me a thorn in the flesh. He tells us what it is. 
a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to strike me, to put me down. Well, Paul, why do you need that? Well, lest I should be exalted above measure. And the Lord reveals His truth to me as, I, as I'm thinking about, then all of a sudden our fallen nature kicks in and says, wow, I'm special. I know something somebody else doesn't. But that's not true. We've already learned today that the Lord's designs and all of these things is to teach His children the same that they must all be taught of the Lord. But there's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one gospel. So Paul, in his pride, started to be puffed up. And the Lord, in His mercy, in His faithfulness, sent a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Remember I told you, remember that's what Job taught us. Satan can do nothing without the Lord okaying it. So Paul says, okay, I'm going to beseech the Lord to have this depart from me. That's what we do, right? It's what we're taught. And there's nothing wrong with that. Come with our thoughts and our petitions before the Lord. Lord, this is more than I can bear. Lord, I've, I've asked, he says, I besought the Lord three times in perfection. I kept asking over and over, Lord, take this from me. Oh, Lord, may this, may this not be as painful or as harmful as it is to me. Lord, give me relief from this. And the fact that it tells you that he's, he kept asking the Lord over and over tells you the duration of it was a little bit longer than maybe we think that we can bear, right? It's a little bit longer than what we would want to bear. But the Lord has told us today in His Word that He's designed them all that we can bear. He won't give us more than we can handle or more than, that we could bear up in Christ because it's His strength. He gives that measure. And then he tells Paul in verse 9, He said unto me, Yes, Paul, I will deliver you from this and you will be whole again. No, he's going to be whole again. My grace is sufficient for thee. What? Well, this is the way that the Lord designed His way out. He will make a way to escape. What is the, the way to escape? It's grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. My grace is sufficient for thee. You can ask me the rest of your life, Paul, to have this pass from you, but my grace is sufficient for you. As Jesus prayed in the garden to his Father that the cup would pass from him, quickly the Lord, the, the Father quickened to him in his understanding, nevertheless, thy will be done. You know what that is? grace for you that's grace when the lord leads us to say nevertheless lord thy will be done for your glory lord you have a a purpose in this to show forth your glory and he's got to bring us there because it smarts it hurts it's tedious it's more than we think we can bear at times my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Remember what we just heard? How the Lord came to those that He had emptied? That had a need in the soul? It doesn't come to the prideful. He came to save sinners. Revealed sinners. That they're sinners. That's who He came to save. My strength is made perfect in weakness. 
when the Lord when the Lord weakens us, that the vessel then is readied. Our arms are laid down. We're ready to receive that which the Lord has for us. We're no more kicking against the prick. We're no more fighting in our minds and our thoughts. The Lord says, I've designed this for you. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And what does Paul say to that? What, what could he possibly say to that? But Lord, I, this thing's more than I can, I can bear. Whatever it was, some think it was spiritual, some think it was physical, doesn't matter. We do know what the real answer was, though. I mean, what the answer was, most gladly, Paul says, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That power of Christ is the escape. That power of Christ to reveal to us Himself. Moses said, As thy day, so shall thy strength be. In Deuteronomy 33. As our days are ordained upon this earth, so shall the Lord's strength be. That's what it means to be eternally kept and preserved in Christ Jesus. By His strength. By His power. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. It's not Paul being some crazy guy who loves pain and loves suffering. It's Paul saying, I see the goodness now. I know why the Lord designed it for my soul. That His grace rested upon me. His love and His mercy and all His strength was given to me. Therefore, I take pleasure in those times of infirmities and reproaches and necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. You know what I just said? In temptations. In trials. In tests. That's what those are. For Christ's sake. Remember that. They're for Christ's sake. He's designed them for union with His people. For when I am weak, then am I strong. The Lord told us to take up our cross daily and follow Him. So that tells us something about these trials and temptations and crosses that we bear. That truly they are designed for us, but they are very numerous, meaning daily. They're, they're always there. That's why the armor of the being Christ is so important to protect us and to to keep us moving each day of our lives. His grace is sufficient, that daily grace. Let's close today at the end of Matthew 11. Very familiar place to go, I know, but um, I was reading this last night. I thought it would be a good place to end. Matthew 11, and we'll just start in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Those are those trials and temptations we're talking about. The burden of life, we should say. And as the Lord bids us to come, and that's the only way we'll come to Him is when He calls us. He comes us to come. He, t- he tells us, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden." And, and it's okay to understand that He's inviting us, but don't ever think that it's not without power. 
is an invitation, but it's also a command, a loving command to come. And the sheep, yes, yes, Lord, (laughs) we come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See that? That's that way to escape. Take my yoke upon you. That word translated is way. Is there a way of escape? Yes. Take my way upon you. The way that's revealed in this gospel. The way of Christ. The way of holiness. Take my way upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. That's where our rest is. For my way or yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Do you believe it? By faith we do. By this loving Lord we do. As our text one more time. There is no temptation taken you. But such is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able. But will with the temptation. Also make a way to escape. That you may be able to bear. Dear Heavenly Father. Most gracious and holy Lord. Reveal to us this hour that you are the way of escape. That in you is life and you is healing. In you is the answer to all of our concerns and our trials and our temptations. Lord, may you bring us to thy feet. And may you succor us in our times and times and times and times of need. As only thou can. Because, Lord, thou art faithful. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.